Welcome back to She Said She Wouldn't Do It, but here it is. Kira has a crush on Adam Sandler. This is the finale of the Summer of Sandler. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam, not Sandler. And she, and I, you know what? I gotta say, I'm very happy that you've come around. And I predicted it, did I not? Unfortunately, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we have to end on this movie? A movie that made me write the note. He looked cute with a heart in purple pen in cursive in the margins of a ripped out sheet of loose leaf out of a notebook that I used to doodle in high school. I think that both Sandman and Drew Barrymore have pretty much never been cuter than they have than they are in this movie. Well, Adam, it's funny you say that because I agree. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so this week, to wrap things up over here, we watched The Wedding Singer, film from 1998, when um, we were one year old. Yeah. Adam, <laughs> sorry, yeah, keep cutting you off. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, one year old before we even knew who Sandman was. Literally before we knew how to use a toilet. I mean, I still... Never mind. Um, so... So, Kira, yeah, do you have any memories with the wedding singer? Um, so I like kind of don't, but throughout the movie, I had like some like random, not like deja vu, like just like memories like coming back to me. Like I remembered the entire love stink scene. Um, yeah. I remembered when the old woman started talking about, like, when she said, like, I've had intercourse. Like, I definitely remember watching it. My mom getting, like, mad and making me, like, cover my ears. Um, and I remember, um, I wrote something else that I don't remember. Um, oh, I remember Video Killed the Radio Star being the end credits song. And yeah. I also have a weird memory of me having a sleepover when you were younger, did you have sleepovers, like, in, like, campers or, like, tents? Like, pretending that you were camping? Um, no. I didn't. Oh. No, I... <laughs> well, I didn't because, I guess, Florida and, like, mosquitoes are, like, ten times worse here than anywhere else. True. Um. Yeah, that was, like, a big thing when I was younger was, like, we would, like, have, like, quote-unquote, like, camp like campouts or whatever and like if somebody had like a trailer or a um or just like a big tent like we would like pitch the tent in their backyard or like sleep in the camper but I think like we thought it was so cool but it was definitely just like a ploy for the like a ploy for the parents to be like I don't want like five like teenage girls in my house <laughs> like please just like go outside so you can stay up all night and like shut the fuck up like, actually now that you mention it it wasn't a trailer but it was a uh I straight up spent the night in my friend's dad's RV before. That's what I mean, like a camper. 
Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, not, like a, not like a trailer. What? Not like when, what do you think I'm saying when I say trailer? I mean, if you mean RV, just say RV. RV has a car built in. A camper attaches to a car. Okay, but I all I'm saying is that I spent the night. I was strictly thinking about... Was there a car inside or was there a car outside, Adam? I don't know what you're asking me right now. I'm just saying I spent the night in an RV before. Because they had it parked, like, outside their house. Yeah, that's, like, a thing. And also, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure, like... like, I don't know if I should... I don't know. Okay, I'm just gonna say it anyway. Uh, (laughs) I was like, I don't know if people from high school are gonna listen to this, but then I'm like, it doesn't matter. Um, the only party I've ever been to in high school, we, like, planned this whole thing, like, in order to, like, sneak out and go. Um, I'm, like, whispering, because I'm just, like, in my parents' house, (laughs) even though I'm 23 years old. Um, we... We're like, we're going to have a camp out sleepover. And my friend's mom was like, oh, okay. And we, like, slept in the camper so we could just, like, leave in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. what I was getting at was I've seen this movie on a portable DVD player in a camper before. Ah, okay. In my friend's driveway. <laughs> Do you want to know what movie I watched in the RV that night? What? Um. Oh, shit. It- I, that was a bad time to rem- forget the title of the movie. Um, What's it about? I'll guess the title. Uh, it was it had Larry the Cable Guy in it. Oh, you lost me. I have no idea. Is it Cars? It's Cars. Yeah. Um. No. It's <laughs> it's like a movie where like it's him. It's like him and another like two other Southern dudes. Mm-hmm. And they like accidentally enlist in the army, and I don't know how that happened, but it's like a and Danny Trejo's in it. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a it's a bad it's an awful movie, but um, it was definitely a movie that a bunch of twelve year old boys picked to like. Yeah. Because their mom was like, "Okay, you can rent one movie, choose wisely," and they were all like, "They saw Larry the Cable Guy," and they were like, "Yeah, that one." I um yeah I remember there being in that trailer um. Which, like, okay, can we just discuss, like, people growing up with campers that have TVs and, like, a DVD shelf in them? Because I can't. <laughs> like, even, like, I don't know. Like, I had, a, I had a camper, and I have vivid memories of, like, throwing up in it off the top bunk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it was, like, a very, like, gross one. Like, campers are just disgusting. Like, I'd rather just sleep in a tent on the ground, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't really Because, okay, campers are either disgusting in a way that they're, like, a disgusting display of wealth that is so entirely unnecessary, or they're disgusting in a way that it's like, well, this table turns into a bed, so, like, there might be, like, food on your bed, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather just have the full experience, have a tent, have a air mattress or just sleep on the ground honestly yeah i'm looking at like i guess see i don't really know the knew the difference between like campers and rvs before recording so like but i'm looking now and i'm like so i get what you're saying i guess like that kind of camper would be like 
gross, right? But the RV that I stayed in, I was like, this is literally better than my house. Like, yeah, things like that are like disgusting. Like, oh, I, like parasite wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I knew, uh, yeah, I I knew somebody who had essentially a camper that was like nicer than my home, and not even in, like a jealous way, but I'm just like, this is so fucking unnecessary. Yeah. Um. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. And then they, like, pitched a tent outside so, like, she could, like, play Never Have I Ever with her gross friends. <laughs> Damn, you know? what's her at? Like, just at her right Oh, this now. was, like, middle school. Like, it doesn't oh, matter. <laughs> okay. Kira has it's beef, okay. guys. Lay it out. It's okay. It's okay. Nobody that knows anybody that's listening to this would know who I'm talking about, so it's totally okay. It's, like, so far removed from anything on this pod. You're gonna get a DM later. (laughs) From somebody who, like, is not even online. Yes. They're just gonna, like, hear me and, like, pull up to my house from another state. state. Yes. Just pull up, you know? She's like, I heard you were talking shit. Literally. No, she's gonna call. She's gonna do an unfriended on our Skype call one night. Yeah. That'd be like, amazing. Who, who's this in the chat? It's like, <laughs> yeah. So okay, so um. So we so, watched the Wedding Singer this week. So wait, the Wedding Singer. I'm a lot like you, where like I don't have like one specific memory mm-hmm. of like the first time I watched it or anything. I'm pretty sure it was just like a movie that my mom rented and then I mm-hmm. watched it too. Um, I know this is, like, her favorite Sandler movie. Because, um, I mean, she's not, like, a huge Sandler fan. I honestly don't even know the last one that we saw together or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember back in the day, like, she used to really like him. And this was always the one that she watched a lot. And I didn't always watch it with her. But she watched it so much that, like, it became kind of a part of just, you know, like, even if I just saw part of it, like, I would remember, like, each time... And as I got older, and especially the last few years, I feel like there's been so much Twitter resurgence of a Sandman, which mm-hmm. is kind of the point of this entire series, I guess. Um, and a lot of people are bringing up Wedding Singer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking, like, I remember this movie entirely, but I have, like, also no recollection of, of like, my personal feelings of it. If that makes sense, like I remember how it begins and very specific scenes in it, jokes, lines, everything. Yeah. But I couldn't remember what my personal feelings for it were. Um, and I'm happy to report that. Oh yeah, and I watched it on. Uh, uh, to wrap it all up this week, this is the third movie in the series that I watched on Freeform. Oh my uh, god. Slash ABC wow. Family. Yeah. I've had to, like, illegally stream all these because I don't have, like, cable. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I hope YouTube doesn't find this, but uh, I use my, my friend has YouTube TV, and he basically, they have, like, you can use six different Gmails on one mm-hmm. account. So I'm just, and he had, like, an extra spot, and he's like, do you want it? And I'm like, uh, yeah. So That's pretty sick. Yeah, um, so, you know, shut That's, like, what I did with, uh, with, uh... Animal Crossing. Nintendo Online. Yeah. I have, like, I'm, like, the parent, and then, like, my seven children are, like, my little brother, you, my yeah. best friend, her boyfriend. Like, I'm, like, the parent, and technically I could, like, log in. 
and uh, I could like turn on like parental controls on all of you. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? Like turn on parental control for like every day when I play Animal Crossing, and that's it. Like that's yeah. all. I'm, I'm gonna say, Adam, it's 10:30. <laughs> turn off your switch. <laughs> I just turn off your switch from New York <laughs> to Florida. <laughs> the joke's on you, cause I. I don't go on uh, Animal Crossing that late because Nook and Crannies is closed. Guess so I what? I time travel, bitch. Fuck. No, because literally, because the only time I have to play, like, it'll be like 1 a.m. and I'll be like, well, it's time to play Animal Crossing. So I just time travel back to like 7.30 every day. Oh, you go back in time. Yeah, just like a few hours, just so I could like go to the stores and like vibe. And then I just go back to normal time when I'm done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got irresponsible. Like, I never went back in time, and now, like, I'm in September. Like, in Animal what Crossing. Yeah, there's literally pumpkins inside of Nuck and Crannies right now. Yeah. Animal Crossing spoilers, I guess, for September. But, uh, That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, The Wedding Singer. <laughs> yeah. I um I watched... Actually, I take it back. I saw Grown Ups on IFC. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, and... But I watched... Um, Oh God, was it Click that I watched on Freeform? I think so. I think, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, because I watched Fifty First Dates. I, I I like had it on my phone on a site, but I played it to my Apple TV, so it was kind of like watching it on Freeform. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, I watched this one on Freeform, just like Click, and uh, I'm happy to report, it's a great movie. I agree. Good. That's it for this week. Um, yeah, I from like the second it opened, I okay, just like a precursor, like just so I don't keep going on and on. Um, I love like gaudy like 1980s aesthetic and like especially like weddings. Mm-hmm. Like I I get like genuinely like annoyed and upset when like which it's valid for them to feel this way, but when like older people like are like my wedding photos are so embarrassing and my dress is so embarrassing and I hated wearing this and the big hair and I'm like, dude, I have like no volume in my hair whatsoever. Like, literally, I would do anything to wear like the fluffiest dress and have the most obnoxious colors and like everything like legitimately like I'm a maximalist I'm not a minimalist and if you're a minimalist like get some taste (laughs) so the production design in this movie is perfect and I'm not just saying that because I've interviewed the production designer and he's the coolest person ever because honestly I forgot that he did it but it's beautiful and the wedding that it opens up on with like the pink and teal it looks like that like castle cake that disney did do you remember when they did that yeah for the uh was it 50th or 25th um i think it was the 25th Be- oh yeah, yeah that, because right, i want to was... get that shirt for my 25th birthday like there's a shirt with like a drawing on it yeah, yeah so it was in what uh night it was either 95 or 2000 no th- never mind i'm not it was 95 95 90 yeah. yeah around there but yeah, it I... looked like that and like that is my favorite thing in the whole world like i think the castle cake is the most beautiful like it should have been like the eighth wonder of the world um so i personally think that anything that's brightly colored and slightly ugly but is like beautiful and sparkly that's my favorite thing in the world so right off the bat i loved this movie so now i know why you like trolls yeah (laughs) yeah i um 
I, I definitely, I don't think I noticed it in the opening scene like you did, but there were like moments just weirdly enough, like even like their houses where yes. I thought even like just the poster layout and like everything was so perfectly des- like described the characters and mm-hmm. also like the mood, like each room they were in would like describe the mood of the scene. And there were like, a lot of houses that were just like pink. Like the old yeah. woman's house was just like everything was like pink, and then like Drew Barrymore's house was just like magenta, like the whole inside. And like the, um, his the basement that he was in was like, you know, if you want to analyze the wedding singer, like just the way it was all dark and moody, like how this point of his life is, and like it was just like there's just so much detail to it that I really was not expecting to notice on this rewatch of the wedding singer. Yeah. But um yeah, I totally got that from the movie. And yeah, you know, even the costume design was actually oh, like yeah. all the suits he wears. Like I was gonna say, also like Drew Barrymore, the way that she dresses right now is like um do you know like the site like UNIF? I have no idea what that is. So it's like um not like yeah, I guess like e girls. Like it's just like a very like popular site. Like one mm-hmm. of my best friends, she like buys all their clothes, but literally like Drew Barrymore's um like costumes in this movie outfits whatever she literally like set the precedent for like every single like current like instagram girl boutique oh yeah like this is like um i don't even know what how to describe it but like i mean even like her hairstyle in this movie is yeah like a little flippy like it's kind of weird though because isn't this supposed to be 85 i feel like everybody's very i mean like i don't know like i don't know history but i feel like everybody's very 80s and she's very 90s did it say 80s in the beginning of the movie did i miss that it was supposed to be 85 i thought i don't know if they said it but i believe it was supposed to be 85 well i didn't even pick up on it until pretty much like the third act i can't remember if it's in the bar or somewhere else they're at i think it was the bar but you see like the uh you see like some kind of presidential thing like a sticker. Oh, I didn't realize. And, yeah, and I'm like, oh, is this like in the 80s? And then I like looked it up. I'm like, I had no idea this took place in the 80s. What the heck? You just thought everything was like colorful? Yeah, I just thought it was like a choice. Like I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. Like it was. It, it was, was really choice. I mean, it would be my choice personally, but I look. I mean, that's just what I. I was just vibing with the movie. You know, I wasn't questioning it. Yeah. And um yeah, so when I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay, like that's that's neat. Um and but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I and also this movie, I think at a very young age even, I remember all the bops it has on the soundtrack. I mean Oh my god, I Dear was, God. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally like um I was literally like at when it ended. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna like listen to this soundtrack, and then I was like, wait, like all the songs on the soundtrack are just songs that I listen to anyway. So like, what's the point of listening to the soundtrack if I just have all these songs on playlists anyway? Like, yeah, every I mean, song that came on, I was just like, dang. <laughs> I- I'm almost always against movie soundtracks being like substitutes for playlists because I feel like you can always mix a playlist better than a movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. but like the wedding singer is probably like one of those 10 exceptions in film yeah. history i like where... the soundtrack i like the clueless soundtrack a lot clueless i think the great. clueless soundtrack is perfect yeah um yeah um i i didn't love the movie but waves last year um, i actually didn't see that i feel like i would like that though it's not I, there's a lot of discourse around it online um yeah. 
I like I don't know. Like I need to rewatch it, but it's also very emotionally draining mm. to where I don't really have the time or energy. But like Yeah. Sean liked it, I believe. He, yeah, I mean I didn't yeah. dislike it. It's yeah. just it's just a it's a very heavy movie and yeah, could, there's a lot of stuff to argue about like if the director was the person to make the statements yeah, he made. But I've heard. Yeah, but um, it's not bad by any means. And the soundtrack is banging, like Frank Ocean, Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Like it's just popping off like every cylinder. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a few others like that. Um, but the Wedding Singer, I was like completely taken aback by how yeah. good the soundtrack was. Because I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like there's a difference between um, like. Like, now, I feel like when movie when, like, Stranger Things kind of, like, I love, like, I like Stranger Things a lot. I'm not going to say I love Stranger Things. I have, like, a weird relationship with it where, like, I'm like, Stranger Things sucks. And then, like, a new season will come out and be like, wow, I love Stranger Things. So. <laughs> I, I kind of hate, like, the culture around it, but I don't yeah. think the show itself is bad by any means. No, I think it's, I think it's good. And If anything, I think season three was probably the best yeah season three was great but i think stranger things did this like kind of annoying thing um where it brought back obviously people being like remember the 80s and like they do it in like an annoying way like looking back on like nerd culture and it's always like the same songs that they like look back on or like they'll bring back like three songs like yeah like they brought back like should I stay or should I go and then like the one song that like the like one gross kids like long distance girlfriend sings with him yeah um I mean and then, like that... nobody stops talking about that like or like I don't know just like references to like already player like, one yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like references to like only and like don't get me wrong love Spielberg references to like spielberg 80s almost you know like that was like culture that was so annoying in ready player one when he like referenced himself though i was like okay like i think he's allowed to do that i hate ready player one but spielberg can do that don't get me wrong he's allowed but like i can't remember when he referenced himself (laughs) well like literally like the jurassic park t-rex chases the car like it does in the jurassic park movie Oh, I couldn't tell you one thing that happened in that movie, except for that, like, Sanrio characters, like, walked in the bottom of the screen, and I lost my fucking mind, and then I, like, went back to sleep. Yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> um, the, Wait, uh, the... I have one good thing to say about that movie. Go for it. The Shining scene was cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, no, I, I'll I give mean, you that. You know what? I what? might retract that because okay. <laughs> after seeing Dr. Sleep, I think Dr. Sleep did it better. Oh yeah. Actually, I think that's exactly where my apprehension came <laughs> from. Cause I was like, I was thinking in the back of my mind. I'm like, but Dr. Sleep was so fucking good though. I like, forgot. Yeah. 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 If you're um, going to recreate the shining, uh, make it good. You know? And the thing is like ready player one's recreation of the shining, like was like really like, Oh, nostalgia. But like, the shy or uh, Doctor Sleep's recreation was like literally him going into the psyche of his trauma. Yeah, so, like, I, two uh, completely different lenses. Yeah, I love yeah. when uh, he walks into that bar. You know. Oh my god, dude! So uh, good. Doctor no spoilers, Sleep. but everybody watched Doctor Sleep. I feel like people wrote it off as like a cheap sequel before they even saw it, and that's why like it bombed at the box office. But like. I mean, I know, like, film yeah. people saw it, but I, it really bombed at the box office, like, big time. 
My family liked it a lot. I recently watched it with them. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, my we mom were <laughs> we were we when we went to go see it, we were in our Dolby theater, and uh, I I don't know if you have the same experience with the Dolby theater, but my theater like blew out the Dolby speakers. Like I think they have it up too loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were sitting in the middle of the theater. And the whole theater was empty. And then, like, one woman, like, bought tickets next to us. And she was, like, sitting by herself. And during, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, the Dolby, like, pre-show where they just, like, show, like, how big their dick is. Like, they're just, yeah, like, exactly. like, yes, the screen the is still on. Like, <laughs> the screen is black. And it's, like, ha, <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's, when I saw, I think, Endgame or yeah. either that or Spider-Man. Yeah. When I saw that in Dolby, the guy all the way in the back was, like, ha, <laughs> when that happened (laughs) yeah but like literally like when they like show the man like blowing fire and like the whole like the seats are rumbling the lady next to me was like so scared and like because the seats were like shaking like it was so loud i took it sorry oh sorry i didn't interrupt um i I took a uh tender date there like two years ago Mm mm-hmm I think we were seeing Baby Driver, but I'm not even completely sure what oh, movie it was. Oh, that must have been sick and, and Dolby. It was. It was great. Um, but I re- And that was our only date. We No other dates, but that one date. <laughs> that one she, date. She, uh, she was literally like, is it this loud the entire movie? And I just like turned to her like Adam Sandler and cut gems. I was like, yes. Well, so... I um so the lady like turned to me and she was like by herself and she had like a blanket and stuff she was like is it like this throughout the whole movie I'm like no just like the pre-show like they're just like showing off like you'll be fine I was like it gets like a little bit loud but you're totally fine and then (laughs) throughout the movie like you know how the score of the movie is literally just like a pulsating like heartbeat yeah like legitimately the seat was just like yeah like into your back the whole time i wish i saw that in dolby (laughs) me and the lady were just like sitting legitimately like on the edge of the seat because it was like so uncomfortable like the seat back just like vibrating against your back and like it would have been a cool experience if i wasn't um like an anxious bitch that like recently started seeing horror movies in theaters right yeah Um, but Get yeah. Out was actually my first horror movie in theaters because I was like, I'm not missing this one. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even know what my first horror movie in theaters was. Um, does Monster House count? Because I saw that in theaters. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. My first rated R one was probably Jennifer's Body, maybe. Wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, maybe because I remember I actually really wanted to see that because I was like. Like everyone in the 2000s, I had like a vampire thing. Yeah. We had Twilight. Um, I have a vivid memory of watching Jennifer's Body. Um, I was like another sleepover thing. I was sleeping over at my friend's house and she had a TV in her room, which was like unheard of for me. I was probably like, I don't know, like 10, 12, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so that movie was on TV, like on like a movie channel. And we were like scrolling through the channel guide and she was like, should I put it on? And I was like nervous because like... I was, like, nervous that I'd, like, get in trouble for watching, like, a movie, which was the same situation with funny people, where, like, 
a lady's like boobs showed and I was like guys I don't think we should be watching this and then I like <laughs> fell asleep I, I did that at a sleepover too but it was for Grand Theft Auto I was like I don't think we should be playing this I really don't think this is okay yeah and I looked at the cover and I like brought it to them I'm like guys it's rated M okay um that also happened well I didn't like say anything I was literally in like 10th grade or like 9th grade but I was like sleeping over a friend's house and it was like very much like a situation that I was like not familiar with where like it was like a cool like a cool like I like I'm a cool mom and she's like you kids can go in the basement and like watch a movie and like she like didn't tell us what movie we could watch and I was like I'm confused and (laughs) the girl that was like hosting like put on the human centipede oh my god I heard this is scary and gross and I was like wow and I like legitimately I didn't look at the TV for one second of the movie I had my pillow because I was sleeping over and I held it like in front of my face and I just like fell asleep into it like or I like pretended that I was asleep and I didn't see like one second of the movie it's not a good movie it's- I'm assuming not like is no. it was just like the cool thing to do then yeah no it was um I saw that for the first time with my high school girlfriend's mom Mm-hmm. That's Which, cool. yeah no i know like that it was a very weird experience i like yeah we because actually we had like a thing uh where like me her and her mom would go see horror movies together um which was cute like it was cool like we had a she, like she loved horror movies and we were the only ones who would go with her you know um and sometimes i would come over and we would rent one mm-hmm. and one night when she pulled that out i was like I did not expect you to choose that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very, I mean, we usually like, we watched some like straight up, like legitimately scary movies before. Yeah. But that was the only one we ever turned off before. Like yeah. she couldn't finish that one. And uh, I, I've seen it entirely before and I wish I had it because it's bad and yeah. creepy and gross. The, uh, but Jennifer's body, um, so we were like, oh, should we put it on? And I was like, no. <laughs> and, like, for some reason, like, <laughs> we were, like, flipping through. And it just happened to be on the scene where, she, in the scene where she's, like, in the water. She's like, <laughs> Like, we, t- <laughs> we, we put it on. And then me and her were just, like, shrieking like literally like shrieking and we like turned away from the tv and we just heard like (laughs) are you like still scared by horror movies um no i will watch them i just and i'm not really bothered by gore like only like specific like things yeah um but like i was like saying like we were watching inglorious bastards the other night from mike myers um like, the one scene that'll make me, like, really actually, like, look away is when he's, like, poking, like, her bullet wound. Um, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that and sometimes, sometimes, like, the first scalping scene, I think, gets to me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah. I was, like, I, I keep saying it, like, and I only really recently started, like, watched them for the first time. Mm-hmm. But the second Unfriended, like, Dark Web, is the only movie that has legitimately terrified me and that I think about all the time. It, like, how? Because I'm curious. Because I didn't... I liked it. Like, it, I thought it was a very entertaining <laughs> movie. But, like, I didn't... 
I didn't even find well, it remotely scary. Okay, because, and okay, also, I got a little, like, spooky from The Invisible Man, because... Good movie, yeah. When I came home, it was very late at night, and I tried to open my front door, and the wind caused a little bit of resistance on it, and I flipped out. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, somebody's holding me inside of my door, not letting me get in. But, um, so it's on Friends of Dark Web, <laughs> yeah, it's the Invisible Man. Oh, <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so Unfriended Dark Web, I think one of my biggest fears is just, like, okay, Unfriended is, like, very clearly, like, it, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just, like, I don't it's know. Good. It's the first it's one, a like, ghost. Ghost. it's yeah, a ghost. Right. Yeah, right. Um, I saw it in theaters, one. but I haven't seen it since. Yeah, it's, like, a good experience watching it on a laptop, honestly. I'm sure it's, like, better. I want to do that because, like, I mean, I yeah. I like both movies. Don't get me wrong, but I haven't yeah. seen either. I saw them both in theaters. Never rewatched either. Yeah, I think they took them off HBO already. Unfortunately, oh, um, they may still be on though. Who knows? Actually, uh, I don't think I've ever seen one of those like computer screen movies. Like those two searching. Yeah, I need like, to see I, searching. Good, really good movie. I, I had like low expectations for because I'm like, how can they like sustain a mystery for 90 minutes on a laptop? Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. But, what were you, your story? Yeah. Unfriended Dark Web, I feel like, is something that, like, I'm scared of, like... Like, do you ever, like, late at night, like, just, like, go on Twitter and just, like, click on, like, random things and, like, see where you end up and, like, go through people's, like, Twitter accounts and stuff? N- <laughs> not really. Like, okay. I... <laughs> no, I like I scroll. I don't really like go on like a like. It's like I think it's hard for me to go on like a deep dive into Twitter. Yeah. Unless I'm like hyper fixating on like something specific. Like it yeah. can't be random. No, but... I just I feel like things that like terrify me are like people who are like conspiracy theorists and shit. And like sometimes I'll be like just like looking through like replies on like. I don't know, like, New York Times articles or whatever, and then, like, I'll see, like, queuing on people and just, like, read what they're saying, and I'm just, like, this is the most terrifying shit of all time, and the fact that people, like, believe it is so scary. Um, and just, like, things like that, and, like, seeing people talk about something that they, like, legitimately believe, and, like, going down this whole rabbit hole of, like, the internet that I don't know existed before. Yeah. Um... And the fact that there's, like, so much more and the fact that there's, like, so much disgusting stuff that, like, like things like, like, 4chan and stuff, it's, like, I wouldn't even know how to, like, use that. And I wouldn't even know how to, like, teach myself to use that. Like, not that I even, like, want to. But, like, there's so much of the internet that I wouldn't even understand how to understand. And I'm just, like, I feel like everything in Unfriended Dark Web could happen and I don't know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. And just, like, about... seeing people, like, getting docs and stuff, I'm just, like, Unfriended Dark Web could happen, technically. Kind, I mean, there's a part of Dark Web that, like, like, how they access the Dark Web is, like, very, like, kind of stupid in the movie, and, like... Yeah, but it's, like, we don't know how the internet works. I, I mean, I don't know, like... Again, I like that movie a lot. It's it's like, a really fun yeah, movie. Yeah, I know what but... you mean. Like like the graphics of it and stuff. Obviously, it looks well, like Minecraft. Because like, doesn't he like trade Bitcoin to get like a code or something and something like that? Yeah, like and they're I'm like just... taking Bitcoin off his computer or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I'm not gonna talk to you about Gunfriended. I like that movie a lot, but um, I just 
there's always a part of me like kind of any time the dark web is involved in any part of media where I'm just kind of like laughing to myself because I've watched so many documentaries and like read up so much on the dark web that I'm just oh, like, I don't know shit about it. I just get scared of strangers on the internet, even though they're like all my friends. I think <laughs> I, I like, like instead of like what you do on Twitter, I like do it like on YouTube documentaries and Reddit and stuff. Mm, yeah. And, uh, sometimes like even Facebook groups, like, yeah, I just like deep dive into like shit people are saying on there and like, I won't lie, like, there's this, um, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but whatever, um, this girl who is, like, kind of friends with my friends, like, mm-hmm. we all kind of know each other, but we're not very close, like, she, um, she got into QAnon. Oh my god. And she literally went from being, like, a Bernie supporter to a Trump supporter in a week. Jesus Christ. And everyone's kind of, like... It's uh, scary. It's so scary. Everyone's kind of, like, uh, yeah, we're not gonna talk to you anymore. Yeah, I think the scariest part of it is, like, yeah, people can be, like, stupid and believe whatever they want to believe, but I think the scariest part of it is when people are, like, something is coming. It's, like, shut the fuck up, please. Well, do you remember this thing, like, from... I like how we're talking about the wedding sticker and we're going... Uh, yeah, we're talking about QAnon. Sorry, guys. Um, just real quick before we move on, I guess. Like, just do you before remember... we start talking about like the cutest romantic comedy of all time, <laughs> let's talk shit about QAnon more. <laughs> well, there's like... Um, I think it was like in 2017. That was like right before Trump got elected, like, went to office or whatever. Um, what? Like, like, this was like right before the inauguration, I think. Oh, okay. I was like, your timeline don't make no sense, love. X. Like 2017, right before the inauguration, before yeah, he went to office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I don't remember, like, if you, like I don't know if you know this or if it went, like, as far as my brain thinks it went on the internet. But, like, there was this, like, radio signal that happened, like, in some random city. Yeah. And it was, like, Trump. Uh, and then, like, a random date in 2017. <sighs> it's, like, it, and it repeated that for, like, four minutes straight. And then it did, like, an emergency signal. And then it cut yeah. off. Oh, that's my biggest fear in the world, is the emergency broadcast. Uh, that, and also the um, the band playing at the end of the world. Oh Those my are my God. two biggest fears in the world, legitimately, is the broad the emergency broadcast signal. And then, but, oh my God, I just spilled water all over my bed. Are you okay? Yeah, it's fine. It didn't get on my laptop or my phone. I'm just going to leave it because it's hot in here. I'll just I thought the unfriended people came phone. to your house right now when you were like... <gasps> the unfriended QAnon people. No, I'm not even going to joke about that. Oh, my God. Um, the Wait, who's that in the call right now, Kira? What? Who's that in the call right now? Oh, shit. It's Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer telling <laughs> us he'll kill us if we don't talk about Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer. <laughs> Legit. Like, just... Oh. I ripped my headphone out, too. I'm okay, guys. I'm okay. I just have a puddle of water all over my bed. QAnon, not even one. <laughs> yeah, it's because we're talking about fucking QAnon. Um, yeah, so, so I don't remember what you were saying, but please continue while I pour water out of my Doc Martin right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um... Point of view, you're under my bed while I'm recording a podcast about Adam Sandler and I just spill freezing cold water all over you because you're under my bed. <laughs> Point Q- of view. 
point of view. You're my gym sneakers from eighth grade that I still have for some reason, and you're just you just have a pothole inside of you now. <laughs> so, Adam, do you wanna do you wanna take the reins here for like two seconds? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say, the wedding singer. Oh, actually, I'll start with this. The director of the movie randomly follows me on Twitter. That's cool. Because it's I, a good uh, thing we like the movie then. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, it's, he also directed uh, Click. Yeah. So well, we didn't like that one, so that sucks. <laughs> speak for yourself, sister. Um, and The Water Boy, which jury's still out on that one. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll figure that out next next uh, July. Yeah. He. Um. I remember he, I met him at a screening for The Ridiculous Six mm-hmm. that he also directed for Netflix, and yeah. he literally like was like, "What's your uh, Twitter ad?" And <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I gave it to him," and then he just followed me, and then we we've never like he DM'd me after the movie. He said, "Hey, yeah. it was great talking to you." Like. That's um, cute. He's like, you seem very intelligent, like with the way you speak about film. He said, uh, "I wish you luck, and I hope you enjoyed the movie and everything." And then he That's just really nice. Yeah, he's a, oh god, he was the nicest guy, like straight up the nicest guy. And I felt very bad that I didn't like the movie because, <laughs> but he he is like genuinely one of the nicest people I think I've ever met in my life, and I can see why Sandler works with him because like they kind of give out the same energy. Yeah. Um, his name is Frank. Koraki, Korasi? Yeah, Korasi, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, super, super nice guy. And uh yeah, I just want to give out that little fun detail. And that's good. He, I like he... hearing that people are nice, you know. Well, I after I retweeted all the Sandler stuff, I wonder if he notices it. Because I uh he follows like a, a thousand. Dude, people. I mean Dana Carvey follows Sean on Twitter and we literally tweet about him being racist all the time and okay. he still follows him, so I'm not gonna say anything bad. I'm like straight up promoting Sandler films, so it's fine. <laughs> but like, I just wonder if he's ever seen. He's like, we literally tweet about, about Mike Myers all the time. Dana Carvey has not said anything. We talk shit about Dana Carvey all the time. Hasn't said anything. So, uh, Frank, if you're listening <laughs> to this episode, DM me. Uh, uh, Dana Carvey, please never DM me in your whole life. <laughs> um. So I think. Out of his entire resume, uh, Frank Carassi, I think this is easily his best movie. Yeah. Um, which, like, and I think, I'll, you know, I'll just say it. I think this is Sandler's best comedy. I'm not saying I best would say film. So. Yeah. Yeah, like best studio comedy at least. Best, you know, is, this is Happy Madison, right? I didn't see the logo. I. That's what I was wondering because I don't actually. I don't think it is because. Um, Interesting. And on Wikipedia, it's another production company or a distribution company. So I'm going to say it's not a Happy Madison movie. Very interesting. This might have been, and don't hold me to this, I'm not completely sure when Happy Madison was founded, but I think this might have been before Happy Madison. Mm. It was 98, so I don't know yeah. what the first Happy... Hold on, let me got to look this up, because I want to yeah, know what the... You're the, the ha- researcher here. I'm just simply blotting my bed comforter with a Billy on the Street t-shirt right now, so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, their first movie was, uh, oh god, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. <laughs> Never seen it, don't plan on it. Yeah, it's a Rob Schneider joint, so don't. Yeah, I'm good it's, on that, love, X. Yeah, I, I saw it when I was, like, super young, and it was awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, they went from, and then after that, it's pretty much entirely uh sandler movies david spade movies what have you um 
Yeah, so this was right before um, their first Sandler movie was Little Nicky. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, I think we're planning on watching it soon, actually, for Dana Carvey Movie Club. Is he in that? Uh, maybe. I don't know. We're just kind of watching anything <laughs> at this point that we're like, we've never seen that before. I think he is for like two seconds, honestly. Dana Carvey Movie Club featuring yeah, a movie watched, that Dana Carvey's not in. <laughs> we watched Jack and Jill, and he's in that for two seconds. So. Um, yeah, I don't see him in the cast, but uh, that could easily be because it's a small role and he's just not on the yeah, cast. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, he's yeah, in it. I would say <laughs> probably for two seconds, literally. Yeah, he's he's credited as the referee, so. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, I think this is easily his best, like, studio comedy. Um, I guess we would have to decide what his best Happy Madison movie is. Um, probably Fifty First Dates, right? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um, it's weird, though, that uh, Happy Madison was a Disney Happy Madison joint. Or uh, Bedtime Stories was a Disney Happy Madison joint. Hmm. Interesting. Just the fact that they ever partnered in the first place is funny to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, this was, like, like the one issue I've discussed in every single, like, episode of Summer of Sandler um, is that I think that this one, other than the other ones, this actually achieves, like, the good balance that we've been looking for between, like, wholesomeness and comedy. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't, like, it has, I don't know, like, I feel like it doesn't really have, like, the gross out really humor i guess probably because it's not like happy madison i don't know like i don't want to like probably yeah <laughs> like not a coincidence i don't think yeah um i just think that everyone in this is great and i think a lot of the comedy rather than being like slapsticky is more like i don't know how to describe it like it's not like smart it's just like they're just funny <laughs> like i don't know i guess yeah yeah. Well, like, I think even, like, there's a part of the direction where it's, like, it feels more like it was actually directed by somebody than, like, a standard studio. Like, okay, let's have a second unit go to this house, and it's all on digital completely, and yeah. everything's going to look super clean. Like, like, it legitimately feels like someone directed this movie and, like, yeah. put thought and care into the characters, the Dang. everything about it, you know? Imagine having a movie being directed. Damn, who would have thought on the summer of Sandler? Literally. Because um, even, like, Fifty First Dates, which I like, it's very much, like, it feels like a studio movie. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like there's any distinct voice behind the camera. Yeah. Um, even though I like it, it's a good movie, but I think a lot of it just rides off the fact that Sandler and Drew Barrymore have amazing chemistry yeah um but no this movie like it feels almost like an i don't know like the direction style is almost like an indie movie like it feels like which is yeah it's like super fun and uh i just i think uh i wrote i love a good meet cute especially involving steve buscemi (laughs) um he's really good in this for the he's on screen like i think that I don't know. And also, like, I feel like in these episodes, we always resort to, like, does this movie hold up now? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I almost, <laughs> I don't know, like, yes, there are, like, some things in this that I'm like, hmm. But also, I'm like, I'm like, I, I love movies that, like, emotionally manipulate me. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
And I'm just like, you could really analyze any romantic comedy being like, like traditional, like toxic, like gender roles and stuff like that. And like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, not that I'm like overlooking things, but I'm just like, you could technically just analyze, like, it's not as like gross as like Adam Sandler movies have aged. I feel like, yeah, but this is just mostly, this just, like, falls into, like, the tropes of, like, a lot of romantic comedies. Yeah, and at this point of the month of Sandler, I'll take it at this point. <laughs> Give us something. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is so low. <laughs> Go on, queen. Give us nothing. That's how I felt when we watched The Love Guru. I was like, please <laughs> give us anything else. Like, we're so desperate. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I think... Um, I, I mean, you know, this might just be me being, a, like, a dude or whatever, but, like, I don't really, like, there's nothing in this movie that I thought was, like, because even, like, in Fifty First Dates, there's stuff there, even though I love that movie, that's, like, kind of problematic, like, some of the jokes, like, whether it be at the, uh, like, expense of, like, you know, handicapped people or, like, women or, like, just sex jokes, racist yeah. jokes, what have you. But this movie really didn't have like any of that like i i mean and it's like what you're saying like there's moments where it falls into like the typical like yeah she's a girl and i'm a boy like cliches yeah like but at the same time it's like 1998 and it takes place in the 80s and it's like i think like any romantic comedy you could like just view through that lens of it being like boy meets girl they're lit they like someone else the boy has to get the girl like you know what i mean yeah, and even but like it's the, also like I love like crying over stuff like that. So like, but also like the whole like the thing you said about the meet cute, like the entire premise that she's a waitress at weddings and he's a wedding singer, and that's why they're kind of tied together right now. Yeah, is like such a cute rom com idea. Just like the like general conceit of it is so cute. Yeah, yeah, and they do wonders with that concept. I think. Yeah, I think that it's also like I guess the idea of like. I kind of almost wish that, no, I don't know. I like the way it is. I wouldn't change it. But I think, like, another, I guess it would be, like, more of, like, a mainstream, not, like, mainstream, I don't know, like, expected way if it was, like, we work at weddings, so we never want to get married. Like, you know what I mean? I kind of do like that they're, like, oh, we're in love with these other people, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely a... I mean, I guess if they ever did, like, a remake of it, there's a way to, like, go down I'm that route. i on that, love. No, I'm not saying I want it. I'm just saying <laughs> if they did it, yeah, there's a way yeah. to do it. But, um, no, I think, like, the way that this one played out... I just out, realized like, that I just described the plot of 27 Dresses. <laughs> are we ever going to cover that movie? Yes, absolutely, we will. See, this is why you can't give me shit for picking uh, quote-unquote boy movies, because... If you're going to make me watch 27, 27 Dresses... 27 Dresses is good, okay? Okay, well, I'll, I'll take your word for that. And I'll, I've I'll... watched that on my iPod Nano video. <laughs> I Is that the one with... Uh... Catherine Heigl. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Kill me. <laughs> I don't want to watch that movie. Cool, I will. <laughs> okay. Then next week on this little canon, we're watching 27 Dresses. Good, another wedding movie. Let's go. Wedding month, August. We're going to watch Bride Wars <laughs> also. <laughs> Bride Wars? Yeah. Oh, God. Is it... Yeah, I, I saw like half of that one. Um, it's fun. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. I'm trying to think if there's any wedding movies that I like. Yeah, are there? I Love You, Man. Does that count? 
Yeah. There's a wedding in it, and it ro- yeah. like it's the I'd lead up so to a wedding. Yeah. All right. So if we ever do a wedding month, that's my pick. Probably like June, like next June. Fuck it. Don't let's, hold us to that. <laughs> let's do it at some point though, because that's kind of fun. Yeah, wedding uh, month. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but what was I even saying before that? I um, don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just like the entire concept of it, and I think they do a lot with it. And you're right, even though it falls into those cliches, I think it handles the cliches better. And I also feel like it's appropriate that this is our last Sandler movie of the month. Because, because it's actually good. Well, because it's it's actually good. And even, like, Fifty First Dates, where he was kind of a dick at the beginning, but he, like, grew, and we liked him more as it went along. Mm-hmm. And, you know you don't feel the same way about click. I think they somewhat achieve it, but you don't think they do yeah. whatever this movie. He's like legitimately a good guy. Like in this movie, mm-hmm. like he's a sweetheart in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he never like holds that like over, like I feel like in a lot of like movies where it's like, he's trying to get the girl. It's like, I'm nice. Why doesn't she pay attention to me? Like, it seems like a lot of the issues in their like relationship is mostly like communication and like, I was reading through, like, Roger Ebert's review of this movie, and he's like, these people are so fucking stupid. Like, like, how would they believe that the other person, like, doesn't know? Like, we're the audience. Like, And I'm like, it's not the way that movies... Like, no shade to Roger Ebert, but it's not, like, the way that, like, all these movies work. If you like, want to talk about, like, rabbit holes we go down, I love going down rabbit holes of Roger Ebert's reviews. <laughs> I just... I don't remember what I was looking for, but I just found Roger Ebert's review of this, and he was so angry, but he liked Steve Buscemi in it, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I agree, but I don't agree on that, because I... Like, characters are, like, supposed to be stupid in some movies. Like, it's called dramatic irony. yeah. The you audience know, knows what the characters don't, which is what they love. They they love each they love each other. Well, I think <laughs> you know. I guess to defend Ebert, um, not that you were trashing him, but no, I'm I'm not. I'm just saying. Yeah. We're allowed. We're allowed to. We're allowed I, to like stupid things. This is I, not giving people permission to like everything, but I <laughs> we're allowed to like stupid things and be stupid because God knows I do. <laughs> um yeah i think the reason like like if you're like a jaded film critic in the 90s and i don't think he's jaded but like you know what i mean like he sees like hundreds of movies each year yeah i mean and, i'd be angry too if i were him yeah and, movies and having to have an opinion on all of them god like having to talk about all of them nonetheless imagine having to talk <laughs> imagine like imagine speaking. you're i i have like a lot of respect for film critics because imagine your whole job being like to consume something and to have to have an opinion on it and like think about it and like putting it into the context of like other media like are you kidding me that was um the worst thing i ever did like when i went to press readings or like my least favorite part of press readings was like having an opinion (laughs) well it's like i don't know have you ever been to like a press screening for a movie like um i snuck into them like after the movie i'm not press who do you think i am i didn't know if you sean knew someone though i don't know but uh like after i posted them but i never like went into them yeah so like after a movie at a press screening like the studio has a representative there that Mm -hmm. like even though you're there to write a review later they want to know your initial thoughts when you're walking on the theater i left the press and and they'll straight up email you after the movie if you don't give them a comment um 
Wow. And sometimes it's like easy because you're like, oh yeah, it was it was good, and you give them reasons why it's good. Uh-huh. But then there was like movies like, and I loved Us, but like I literally didn't know what to say after Us, where I was just yeah, kinda, like you were just like movie good. <laughs> yeah, I was like great, complex, didn't understand it, but I loved it. Um, and I remember after Uncut Gems, even when I saw yeah. that at a press screening, like I was just so shocked by it. Like I, uh-huh. I literally thought like it felt like the movie killed me, and I like didn't know what to say. Like I was just like I don't have the words. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, can I just email you later? Cause like, I don't have anything to say right now, but it was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think you give Ebert like some, I don't know. Cause he, he like even did like follow up reviews, like mm-hmm. in his career, like where. Yeah. He would like return to things. Right. Yeah. I can't remember. There's one really big one, like where he scathed a like really beloved movie and, oh no, no, actually I think it was the opposite where he loved it in the context of like 1980 or something. Mm-hmm. And then as time, I also like it might've been a Woody Allen movie. Oh, I don't and know. maybe, I don't know, but like it was a beloved movie. And then he went back and said, we don't need this movie anymore because That's like, cool. because this movie is now problematic through the lens of this year. And what I once contended to be one of the rare four star films is no longer this anymore. So he like redacted his four star rating for whatever movie it was. I can't remember. I'd like to redact like my brain. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> um, but I, I think what I was trying to get at was I think Wedding Singer has like an advantage over some movies where I feel like we in the year 2020, um, what an awful year it is. We have to watch movies from the 90s or early 2000s in the context of their time period and we give them more leniency than the people of that year did when they came out so therefore i think their flaws age better because we're more forgiving of them for being older movies i mean i feel like not like honestly you just said a lot of words but can i just say what i think you just said (laughs) I thought I was pretty simple with it, but okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just entirely, like, my brain is just floating above my head right now. Okay. I feel like I'm almost, like, lenient on movies now because I'm so depressed and anything that's, like, good and fun is good. Well, it's like... Like, why must a movie be good or bad? Why can't we just, like, cry over the end of Wayne's World 2, like... Like that was I, me. I cried over the end of Wayne's World 2 and I'm not ashamed. I have the Hulu app on my phone. Sometimes I just play Mike Myers running to uh, to get his girl like to a New Order song and it's great. And then it's the graduate reference. So. What's well, the same thing when like people talk about like John Hughes movies and they're like Yeah they talked about them in the context of what they were, which are yeah. maybe slightly problematic, maybe very predictable. Or like very, yeah. Like yeah. 16 Candles was like my favorite movie when I was younger. And I used to watch it on ABC Family, not Freeform, uh, like all <laughs> the time. It was always on there. Yeah. And because it was like rated PG, I was like, okay. And I would watch it all the time. My mom would watch it with me. We'd be like, yeah. And then, like, I saw it on, like, a movie channel one time, like, not on ABC Freeform, and I was like, there are boobs in this? And also, I feel like a lot of times, because I, like, didn't watch it for, like, a few years or whatever, a lot of times, like, my main, like, thing from that movie was, like, I always remember 
like how like pretty the end was when like he like shows up with the car and then like they like kiss over her birthday cake and I'm like that is perfect that is cinema that is a movie moment and then it's like when you return like 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 what like like mo- like movie moments you know what I mean like yeah. it's like yeah that's what you remember and then you go back and watch it and it's just like what the fuck is this shit well I mean that's kind of how I thought of the big fat liar where I was like this is a movie moment and kind, kind of is great movie a great movie but like when you watch it it's great okay listen to me what I'm saying is if you're watching it at like the age of 22 the climax of Big Fat Liar doesn't feel as massive as it does when you're like a six-year-old. Yeah. That's okay. So whatever. I just it doesn't or it does because I, I think mean it's, it's a good ending. But what I'm saying is, do we even know what we're saying right now, Adam? Like I feel like we're just both just like yelling about I, movies. We I know what movies. I'm. I know what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that the big ending of Big Fat Liar is like. In the eyes of six-year-old me, it's, like, the equivalent to the ending of, like, Uncut Gems of how intense it is. Yeah. Because I, you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that many movies at that age. But, like, yeah. at the end where he's, like, Marty Wolf's chasing him, I'm, yeah. like, well, holy shit, how's he going to get away? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> you know, watching it in I 2020. Mean, I feel that way at the age of 23. Okay, well... I wasn't talking about things feeling like anticlimactic. I was talking about the fact that Sixteen Candles is fucking racist. I haven't seen Sixteen Candles. Okay, don't. <laughs> don't watch it again. Just don't. I haven't seen it once. Oh, okay. I mean... Mm. I think it's the yeah, only John Hughes movie I haven't seen, I think. Yeah, that was like one of my first records was like the soundtrack to that. And I kind of like that I have the soundtrack too, because it was a good soundtrack, but... I haven't seen Sixteen Candles say anything. Uh, I think I the only say anything. I started it and then I think I fell asleep or something. The only two I think I've seen are Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller, which Breakfast Club has problematic stuff in it, but it's I don't think it's a whole as as a whole problematic. I think it yeah it's fine. But um, I was like cool and different because I liked um, Sixteen Candles more than Breakfast Club and I, I thought it was so cool because of that and I'm just like okay whatever like I, I I think I I think I like them because I like um I don't know like it, it's more of like an aesthetic thing like I like mm-hmm. them because I'm like I wish I could dress like Molly Ringwald and have her like energy and because she's always wearing like something like cool and like pink yeah and um the soundtracks i'm like cool and then i'm just like cool a coming of age high school movie cool well i just like cool like i love the i I love these movies i I like all the time growing up when i was a teen i loved the aesthetic of ferris bueller but like i even like i revisited it like a year ago i think Mm. and like i still love that movie like i thought it would like age poorly oh yeah still like it's like a, it bang like it slaps dude like it like yeah. it it's probably like in my top 50 of all time like yeah because and like i i think i identify with cameron more than like almost any other character in like yeah movie. uh you know when you're just like you know when you're just like genie the sister <laughs> <laughs> like you just grow up and you're like god damn it 
I feel like the only discourse around Ferris Bueller is the debate about whether or not Ferris is a good person. Yeah, but it's like it's a teenager's view of themselves. Yeah, like I'm like it's you're not, not supposed, supposed to, take it. to be a good or bad person. Like yeah, no, it's like, like a wish people, fulfillment movie. That's like when people are like watching like Avatar or like I see a lot of the discourse because this is just like what's on and it's like people on Twitter. I saw discourse in oh and also Lilo and Stitch like Avatar. That was the dumbest one. And Lilo and Stitch, where people are like, this child is so toxic and abusive, and it's like. Yeah, like, like, yeah, when you're, like, a child, like, people can obviously be toxic and abusive, but people are, like, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch is abusive because she bites and fights people, and also she's just annoying, and it's, I'm like, like... have you ever met a kid? <laughs> like, she's literally a child that has, like, lost everything. And she's, like, on the verge of foster care, like... Yeah, like, and people are saying that, like, like... I don't remember the characters from Avatar, but somebody's like, she is toxic. And people are like, she is toxic. I don't know, one of them. But is it the main girl in that one? Possibly. Okay. I don't remember, but people are like, she is 12. <laughs> yeah, I probably. I can't think of anything Katara did in that show that was. And like, like yeah, like Ferris Bueller is like 17 or whatever, or 18. But it's like everybody was a fucking asshole in high school. Everybody had a big ego in high school. Like, even if, like, you didn't, like, even if you were, like, an introvert, like I was, like, it's, like, you're still the main character of your own freaking life, baby. And also, like, I don't even think that movie, like, like, it shows, like, what a teen's view of, like, a cool guy is. Yeah. But, like, I don't think the movie ever, like, explicitly tells you to be like Ferris. Like, if anything, it says, like, I think Ferris learns a lesson from Cameron at the end about like what being a good friend is and like how, you know, like yeah. how sometimes they have to like, it has to be like a mutual friendship. It can't always be like the Ferris show or whatever. Like it's, I don't know. Like, I think there's a, I think the movie has actually aged way better than most eighties movies have because it I doesn't. Think it, I think it only aged better because there's a lot to work with critically maybe about it. And I think that it's just one of those movies where like, I don't know, like, similar to, like, I don't, because I don't want to be, like, condescending, but, like, movies that are, like, really popular, like, dorm room poster movies or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's, like, you definitely took the wrong message from this movie, like, this, like, Goodfellas, um, like, Wolf of Wall Street, like, things like that, where it's, like, you definitely are reading this movie wrong, <laughs> Or, like, American Psycho or something. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I, I know a guy who, um... Fight I don't even, Club. Fight Club. No, Scarface. Um, yeah. Which is pretty much the ultimate movie about how the consumption of, like, greed and money can kill a person. But, like... Yeah, and it's, like, I, I don't know. Like, I never want to be, like, condescending towards a person. But it's just, like, somebody being, like, yeah this character is so fucking cool. And it's like, you do realize that. And I know that we were just like, we were talking about like child characters, like being like, this character is toxic and bad, but like you're watching Goodfellas. Like it's literally like a warning sign. <laughs> I would, I feel like, like legitimately that's... it is a warning sign at the end. Joe Pesci points a gun at your face. The audience. <laughs> like... I feel, I feel like um, that's why Scorsese made the movie uh, Irishman because he was like, "Yeah, you will like, die alone if you act like this." 
Yeah, Sorry, he, spoiler alert. Spoiler I mean, alert the Irishman. You will die alone if you act this way. The only person I know that hasn't seen The Irishman is my girlfriend, Mia. So I, I think we're all Sorry, safe. Mia. She literally doesn't care about that movie. And I'm, I've am i tried to get her to watch it several times. She won't budge. Yeah. So I'm like, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. Like there's... Like, if you watch The Wolf of Wall Street and your takeaway from it was, like, wow, I want to be like him. Like, you complete... Like, it's not even, like, you being cynical. It's, like, it's just us, like... I don't know, like, you either pay attention or you don't. Like It's, like, yeah, it's, like, rise and grind, like... Like, rise and grind. Like, men who, like, wear suits yeah. and are, like, let's go. They share, like, inspirational quotes on Facebook all the yeah. time. Yeah. And yeah. it's always like, if you're sleeping in, like I'm, I've already flipped a thousand dollars by the time you woke up. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if they're like Democrats, they like say, "Well, we shouldn't ban all guns." I don't know what. Like, if, even if they're like, because typically the people that we're talking about are like right leaning, but even if they're left leaning, they're the kind of left leaning people that are like, "Well, not all guns are bad." Like, I don't think we should ban all guns. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, sure. It's like these type of. I'm making. Or just sense. just I, like people that people that just don't have critical thought. Just people Let's that just, are like they use. Put it they look at things on a surface level. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I never want to be like condescending, but like, yeah, obviously, I've talked shit about some people in a Goodfellas paper that I handed as a final assignment last semester. But you know what? It's okay. So I mean, but what do we think that Adam Sandler's character in this movie would feel about Goodfellas? You'd probably be like, oh, cool. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs> Good I don't movie. know, dude. You're just like... a segue into The Wedding Singer after talking about not The Wedding Singer for 40 minutes. I, I thought it was a pretty good segue. Um, was, yeah. I think... <laughs> I, I think him and Drew Barrymore would have fun going on a date to see it. I feel like she would offer to buy the popcorn. And he'd be like, no, I'll buy it. And she'd be like, well, I'm a waitress. I get tips. Like, you're just a shitty singer. And then they'll, like, laugh about it together. <laughs> the, that's he'll, actually like, very he'll buy her a soda to make fun of, like, to make up for it. Yeah. No, he'll take her for ice cream after or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. The wedding singer, too. Coming. Like, I don't think you guys realize. I mean, you probably do by now. If a movie is good, we just literally have nothing to talk about. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, I, I told Kira that before we recorded. And I'm like, no, this is, like, even more yeah. than 50 First Dates, which I said it on that pod, too. Yeah. But this is even better than 50 First Dates, where, like, we can't even talk about. Like, that's why we're talking about problematic elements of other movies, not even this one. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have, no, like, there's nothing to critique, like, as far as problematic goes. Um, There's no, like... Like, even the jokes, like, I mean, some of them you can debate if they're funny or not, but, like... I was gonna say, like, I feel like whenever, um, uh, I feel like I recently said this about another movie, but every time, like, something was, like, almost, like, set up, like, Mm -hmm. how I was, like, in click when I saw, like, the banner that said, like, sexual harassment, like, seminar or whatever, and I just, like, a wave of dread came over me. I feel like whenever in this movie there was something that I was like, oh, God, like, it, like, didn't happen. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it literally like, never happened. Like, um, I don't know, like, I think, I don't know. Like, yeah, there were jokes, like, at the expense of, like, like people who were, like, bigger or, like, um, like, little kids being, like, loser kids. Like, 
I don't I, like. I don't know. How I don't know. That, that. That's like, so like. Yeah, I don't know. Like that didn't really bother me at all. Like I mean, and then again, if it bothered you, that I'm not gonna say anything about that. No, you know, no. Like it. I don't know. It didn't. I don't know. Yeah, also, I just also I can, Roger Ebert like calls Adam Sandler's like ex girlfriend or fiance or whatever like a slut in the in the review. <laughs> And I was like, dang. I mean... <laughs> like, that wasn't even, like, said by, like, Adam Sandler in the movie. Yeah, like, she doesn't even... I mean, she's just, like... I don't know. She's kind of, like... She's, like, I loved you when we were she's younger. She's just a toxic person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, she's... Because at the beginning, you think you're kind... Like, you don't... You're not, like, on her side, but you understand, like, where she's coming from when you see, like, what he does... Yeah. And like even like towards the end where she's like uh he's like uh you know why do you want to leave? It, like why do you want to leave the city? And you're like okay, like I understand why she moved on from him. But then at the end yeah. when she's toxic, you're like, "Oh, okay." And I almost and I guess I have to critique this movie at all. I almost feel like it would have been even a better movie if it ended with like no, she's not a toxic person. She just moved on and he moved on and it's yeah. just make her apart and that would have been better. But I mean, that's such a small complaint. Like, it's, it's not even a complaint, yeah. it's just a tweak, if anything. I guess, like, my main thing is, I feel like it didn't, I don't know, just mostly, like, an editing thing. I think it just, like, didn't really, like, flow that well. Like, it was, like, a little bit jarring sometimes when I go from scene to scene, but... I feel like that happens a lot, where, like, you think, like, a character, like, the, like, the girl or the guy that the main character is chasing is about to, uh go tell the person that they're in love with them too and they open the door oh, yeah. and their ex that. is there yeah 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 also um, like uh the sis is it the sister or like wait that happens in parent trap too by the way yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah <laughs> the sister <laughs> or like the roommate or whatever like forcing drew barrymore to kiss adam sandler like in the kitchen that is so stupid that i can't even be mad at it yeah i mean <laughs> it, all, but at the same time though the Being character like, that they set up like in the how- sister how are you going to kiss your husband at the wedding? Why don't you test it out? And it's like, on you? No, on him. And, like, force her to kiss Adam Sandler. Also, I can't even be mad about it. Like, I literally also, can't because their chemistry is too good. Like, I think the ultimate himbo is uh, her, uh, <laughs> the guy she's marrying. I can't even remember his no, name in the movie. No, no, no. Yeah. A himbo has to be, like, hot. I I guess I don't know. I don't care. And All I'm saying has is he's to be, like lovable and dumb. Does he like? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like. Like hot, lovable, and dumb. <sighs> okay. Whatever. I I tried. Guys. No, he's just he's just an asshole. Isn't he's not a himbo? He's an asshole. Isn't like the conceit of Dumbo like before that like just stupid? Like stupid and pretty. Okay. Well, I mean, like. He's, like, he gets girls in the movie, so, like, I'm just... Yeah, but I don't, like, he's not, he's not attractive. I don't think he is either, but, like, he's not, like... Himbos are usually, like, charming, I think. Okay, well, whatever. I, I tried. This I don't know. This guy just fucking sucks. He's just a dumbass. Yeah. Like, he's... Can I say, I, like, I love the club scene for, like, selfish reasons, because all the music in it is music that I love, and I kind of taking a break from tweeting right now but I have a tweet in my drafts ready to go saying um, 
Drew Barrymore sitting on a cow print couch, taking shots to Blue Monday, and then singing China Girl by David Bowie drunkenly and climbing over a table in The Wedding Singer is the energy that I would like to exude, parentheses, again. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, can't wait till Quar's over so I can feel that vibe again. Am I right, ladies? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think um, that scene in particular, the club scene... Yeah, is the scene that kind of epitomizes this entire reason why this movie is actually one of the best Sandler movies, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, even though that entire thing with like him finding out that his, her fiance is like sexist or whatever, mm-hmm. and a cheater is like very cheap and been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels appropriate that this is the last Sandler movie of the month because, like, this is if we've talked about the consistent sexism and the previous Sandler movies, it makes me wonder why all of his other characters aren't like this guy, where he, like, is very aware of, like, the sexism that the guy is talking about and wants to get her away from it Mm -hmm. and doesn't think it's fair. But then, like, he finds out that she's only marrying him for money, kind of, like... I think that was just kind of, like, something that somebody, like, drilled into his head. I don't... I feel like he didn't really think that... I but did like did they ever even give a reason like why she liked him like I think it was just kind of a thing where it's like well we're together we might as well get married yeah because it's so sad somebody said that I think it was the husband like her husband or her fiance that it was like well she was with me before I made my money so I know that like that's a thing or whatever yeah that was at the club I think and yeah. yeah yeah and they so he was just kind of like yeah we might as well get married oh that one line he said was like you know we've been together four years she paid her due might as well like yeah I was like Jesus Christ like and I know it's just the writing going out of the way to make this guy a bad person so you root for Sandler even more yeah but it's like it works though <laughs> like in the context of the movie it works yeah it's like I hated him loved Sandler like this is probably like yeah top five and I, I think also like Adam Sandler in this like doesn't also I love his name is like Robbie Hart right yes yeah, yeah. great name so great movie name yeah and then Julia um so also the gag I, of Julia Gulia is very yeah funny. I remember yeah. that also that's a very vivid memory because I feel like whenever there's like somebody named Julia people are like Julia Gulia and it's like what and it's like, yeah, of course it's from this. Like, people quote it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. in my experience. Um, but, yeah, I think very easily they could have done the thing where it's like, he's like, she, de- like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't deserve her. Like, I feel like they kind of do that, but not really in a way where it's like, I'm a nice guy. I deserve her. Like, you he know. literally, he doesn't, like, he, he doesn't tell her because I feel like in a lot of other movies he'd be like he's cheating on you he's an asshole like be with me instead but rather he just kind of like I don't know you know well like he even like uh it's like when he goes to see her and then he doesn't go through with it he's like she just looked happy so like I didn't like bother and yeah he could have like saved her whatever not saved her I hate that um from like eventual sadness if she did end up marrying him but also like I don't know it's like he's like it's a lost cause like I'm not gonna be like the hero because it's almost like 
I don't know. Like, I feel like in a lot of other movies, it'd just be like, the White Knight, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing about this movie. It's, like, very... I'm not going to say it's, like, anti-cliche, because it's very much not. But in that regard, at least, he's not, like, a tradition... I mean, it's kind of just what we were saying about Billy Crystal and 51st... And, like, uh, also Sandler and 51st Dates. Yeah. Like, where he's not a traditional leading man. So the fact that he goes after her at the end, like, it feels like... It's not, like, the typical handsome guy chasing after the girl. Like, of course she's going to say yes. And I was going to say, like... Okay, sorry, go on, finish your thoughts. I was going to talk oh. about, like, the getting the girl scene. Well, I was going to say is, like, the, um, you know, like, from the outside looking in, like, the guy she's going to marry, more successful, more money, has his shit together, doesn't live in his parents' basement or whatever. Like, uh, like across the board, he has his shit together, and in most rom-coms prior to, like, 98, um, the guy that she is marrying is the ideal guy, right? Yeah. But this movie, coming out in 98, it's the loser. Well, not, you know, loser, but just in the context of the movie, the loser, the guy who has like a low paying job, but like just understands her like on a deep level. Like he understands her quirks, her like everything about her. And not I like mean, in an I obnoxious like way. Like, I feel like that's almost like the, I get what you're saying, but I think that's almost like the norm, but like mixed with like almost what I was saying where it's like, Usually, if that was the case, where it's like, yeah, he has like the money and stuff, but I'm the nice guy. Like, I but feel like even... that's almost like the norm too. But they didn't do that in this. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying with like the quirks and stuff. It's like not it's like not about... like it's not like I don't understand why she's with him. Like, but it's not. That's not what I'm saying though. It's like I'm not saying she he goes after her because he's a nice guy. He goes after her because he understands that he knows her better than he's ever known a person in his life. Mm-hmm. Like by the end when he goes after her, you don't feel like it's there because like it's just the service level relationship. You truly yeah. believe that they love each other. Like I truly believed that he got a best friend out of her, yeah. fell in love with her, and I believe that entire bond they had. So that at that point, when they go they do the entire cliche ending that you've seen a billion times, it hits because you believe the love that they have. I think it's also just similar to what we said in 50 First Dates, like, incredible chemistry for some reason. Like, they're just amazing together. Yeah. And also, I think, um, for some reason, they just, this just, like, feels very, like, mutual. I think also because, like, both of their relationships and, like, their, like, issues and stuff are focused on in, like, equal like equal amounts of time and like mm-hmm. equal screen time to both of their like which is similar to 50 first dates which is interesting like even though adam sandler's the main character and like he's like going after like the girl or whatever like it's interesting how much time is spent developing the character like the love interest it's like um, under 90 minutes too so like yeah and i just think there's a good balance there in these two and i think that's almost why him and drew barrymore have such good chemistry and like because both their characters are like well developed in like similar ways you know well i think um did you ever see that movie he did like a few years ago with her uh, blended no it's a it's not a good movie and i was excited for it because um the i think almost i think it was the guy i was just talking about frank caraxi i think he directed that one too so i was like oh shit they're doing another uh yeah he directed it um they're also, doing an- um alexis arquette came back in that to play the same role of georgina 
And blended? Yeah, I didn't see it, but um, I saw that on uh, her IMDb, or her Wikipedia. Oh, I didn't, I, I saw it like a few years ago, I don't even remember it, but it's it's not a good movie. I don't think it's terrible, like some people said, but it's not good. Um, but like, it made me wonder after I saw that, because I was like, what was it about their chemistry in the first two movies that made it work, but not this one? And I think yeah. it's because those two for like even 50 first dates had problematic elements here and there but overall they had the heart where i feel like blended completely succumbed to the like you know the raunchiness and the poop jokes and the sex jokes like there's literally mm-hmm. like an entire gag of like rhinos having sex and like giraffes pooping and like like all in one safari scene you know yeah like it's just like you all you have to do is make them cute together and it works yeah all you have to do and they have chemistry and it shines through at points but it's when you focus on the other shit that no one's there to see yeah where you lose people and i and you think they would know that like when they have yeah they totally do but people don't want to see that so i feel like people do though because there's a reason why like it's not even just in film twitter like i feel like a lot of just I don't, I don't want to say normal people, but like, you know, non your average, obvi- your average audience. Exactly. Like, I feel like a lot of them, they, you know, contend with us. The best ones are like wedding singer, uh, big daddy, 50 first dates. Like those are generally conceived as like the best Sandler movies. So yeah. I feel like even though they are box office hits, I just feel like it's of a screen presence, not so much of a returning quality and people liking them. Yeah. I mean, he like I, I've said every episode he's like an everyday man that yeah. anybody can project onto and I think that he has this extremely endearing like presence on screen like even when even even in like grown-ups it's like I wasn't like emotionally moved by it but I'm like okay like I'm, like, engaged by him. Like, I, I feel like I'm never, like, taken out of something, like, when he's in it. And I feel like in movies like this, like, yes, he has his, mo- like, in Wedding Singer, he has his moments where he's, like, screaming and stuff. But this, like, makes sense within the movie. Like, it, it feels very much like, like, the silly bits that he does when he's just, like, singing. Or, like, the funny song. Like, yeah, he's the titular Wedding Singer. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think that... <laughs> It was, like, it was funny in, like, I, it was, like, more, like, visual, I guess, or, like, like, I wrote down the joke, like, when they're buying the plane ticket in the end, and the guy has the, like, crazy 80s hair, and he's, like, you like flocks, you like flock of seagulls, and he's, like, no, but I can tell that you do, (laughs) like, there's, like, good, like, jokes, and it's not just, like, it's not just, like, Poop. And I also feel I don't like, know. like he's just he's sweet in those like. And it's what you were saying. I can't remember if it was on Fifty First Dates or maybe Grown Ups. I think, but you were like, all he has to do is say like some good jokes and some kind of sweet slash sad things. Yeah. And it's good. Like that's all you need in a Sandler movie. Yeah. And yet it still feels like he consistently misses the mark with them because he just yeah. doesn't do it. And this one, I and I, I really do think this has the perfect balance. I mean as perfect as any Sandler movie could ever get, I think. Yeah. Where, like, like I said before, where it's like, anytime you thought there would be like a joke and it would just like evade it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think this movie also has the upper hand in that it doesn't have 
<laughs> this is gonna sound like the meanest thing I've ever said. Doesn't have fucking annoying side characters that he just hired that because they're his friends. Mm-hmm. Um that like don't need to be in it. Um Yeah, like, yeah. The people that are like the side characters are like your traditional romantic comedy side characters. And like one of them being his friend who's like the limo driver or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like that was pretty funny. But like I even, mean all you get is Steve Buscemi, that's it. Yeah. And he's not even there like the whole movie. He's just like funny. Like And also yeah, like the scene he's in is legitimately funny. Like he's in it like twice, three times, I don't know. But yeah. um so like his like friend or whatever, like he just kind of is like the traditional like romantic comedy friend and Yeah. Like there's like a scene after his uh, fiance first like leaves him at the altar um, where his friend just like climbs into bed with him. And I'm just like, okay, they're going to make like a stupid, like homophobic joke. And his friend just like lays next to him and is just like giving him like advice. <laughs> yeah. That's entirely <laughs> like, it. Oh, your sheets are very soft. He's like, thanks. <laughs> like, I, I really think that was the funniest part of the movie. Well, not the funniest part, but like that made me laugh the most when I watched it last night. Cause I was like, I entirely expected the same thing you did and just see them talk about like fabric softener, like made me laugh. Cause like, yeah, it's like, the, I don't know. It's yeah. Just subversion. Like realistic people that are just being nice and sweet. <laughs> um, but can we talk about like the ending itself though? Like how yes. amazing it is because yes. I literally cried. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, sorry if I'm like not, a feminist for saying that so I think that get the girl scenes like where you're like running to get the girl before time runs out I think those make me cry every time regardless of movies like even like love actually I'm like I'm gonna cry yeah at this one (laughs) I think no no I I like a good one like if it's good I like it I think any of them will make me cry regardless of how bad the movie is regardless of how like miserable i am for the rest of the movie i'm like dang i'm trying to think really running for her can you mention like a good one like one other than this one that like wait world two i can't remember that one but okay um, well there are gags set up like a half hour into the movie that don't pay off until the last half hour of the movie and I legitimately, like, cheered when they did. Like, literally just, like, visual gags. Like, do you want me to spoil it for you or no? You should watch uh, it. No, I'm going to rewatch it. Okay. Like, I, I haven't They're seen like, like, in 10 years. Things, but, like, they, they, like, the joke was set up so early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, such a funny setup that the payoff legitimately made me cheer. But Wayne is driving for to find Cassandra, like... And um, Age of Consent by New Order, like an instrumental is playing. And it's, I legitimately, like, I did not expect it. And I was just like cheering and crying. And everyone in my Zoom chat was like, Kira. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the thing with the Wayne's World movies is, I think I've mentioned it before, that I had like a pre, a pre, uh, just just a thought beforehand i just kind of like prejudged it as being like gross and bad because it's like about like teenage boys or whatever Hmm. and it ended up being like the most wholesome and beautiful and romantic thing i ever i told you that for years too and you didn't and (laughs) 
I was just like crying at the end of Wayne's World. I think I, I think I even told you that on a pod, like a month Probably. or so ago. And you were like, I don't want to watch Wayne's World. I'm like, dude, it's like they're both great movies. And I even yeah. said the sequels may be better than the first one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like, did you ever see that um Daniel Radcliffe movie What If? No. That movie. I probably like it just because I love emotionally manipulative movies. It's a legitimately really good rom-com, like really smartly written, very, very sweet, um, very funny. But it has, I mean, I guess not a spoiler. There's a, you know, run and get the girl scene. Yeah. And it's a really great one. Like that's, I was trying to think, because when you mentioned it, I was trying to think of ones that I liked Mm -hmm. and ones that like affected me. And I remember sitting in the theater for that one and I was like, you know, oh, here we go. Like with the whole yeah. And then, but the way they did it, it wasn't like a twist on the, but it's just the sincerity of it. Yeah. I think really that's got what, I think this one is great because it's funny without being like over the top. Like obviously it's over the top, but I think. <laughs> Billy that, Holiday. Billy Idol. Oh, Billy Idol, my dad. Um, yeah. Billy Holiday. No, I was le- reading about the Billy Holiday movie today. That's why. I... Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. There's a new one coming out with uh, from Lee Daniels, and I was reading about the Oscar chances for it. Okay, sorry. I got mixed up. But yeah, Billy uh, Idol. Yeah, that was yeah. really. Uh... I think that's very funny. Um, <laughs> usually, Roger Ebert. Okay, Roger Ebert hated the celebrity cameos in it. Um, but Who else was I, there? I don't know, but I'm here to say I liked it. I thought it was funny. Oh. I, yeah, I thought that one was really funny, and um, I think uh, just the, like, when he starts singing, yeah. oh my god, it's so sweet. Yeah, also, it's... like, it kind of reminded me, like, the scene on the plane, mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is almost, like, in romantic comedies, like, I can't think of another movie that does this, but, like, her, like, kind of, like, testing her fiance like when like based on something that Adam Sandler had said to her where he's like well like we like me and my fiance like love each other but like she never lets me sit in like the window seat of the plane or whatever Mm -hmm. and um when Drew Barrymore and her fiance are like on the plane on their way to get married in Vegas she like is like oh can I sit in the window seat and he's like no, like, the snack cart always, like, bumps into... Excuse me, I burped. Oh, my God. The snack cart always, like, bumps into my elbows, and you have small, like, arms or whatever. And it's, like, yes, there's, like, the visual... Like, not, like, visual comedy. It's more, like, depressing, in my opinion, of her, like, keep... She keeps getting hit by the snack cart because you won't let her sit in the window seat. He only does, like, go, ooh. Like, every... Yeah. He hasn't even offered to, like, switch seats. He just yeah. reacts to it, yeah. But, yeah, and I think that the like getting the girl scene is funny because I love like any scene in a movie where it's like somebody says something and then it like cuts to like another thing and then they cut back and like the whole room is like gathered around the person they're just like telling like (laughs) their whole life story yeah you know what I mean and everyone's like well you have to go get her (laughs) I think that's it it makes me laugh (laughs) (laughs) I like this running gag. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me laugh. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, this is probably, again, this is me not remembering every go get the girl scene, but yeah. like, this has to be like top five for me because, like, 
literally like last night when I'm watching this, and I tried to watch it with Mia, but she had like too much stuff to do, and she's never seen it. So I'm like, babe, we have to watch it sometime because it's like mm-hmm. literally the most perfect date movie you could ever ask for. Like it's so sweet, so funny. Um, but I'm just like sitting alone on the couch and she's doing stuff. So I can't even text her, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like crying by myself over the wedding singer because Sandman, I mean, is that his real voice or no, probably not. Right? Singing. Yeah. I feel like maybe I can't really remember like the specific voice. I know it did sound different, but yeah. I think it's just mostly him, like not really playing up like the squeaky, like bit of his voice that he does. Um, not necessarily in a bad way, but like. Yeah. When he sings, I feel like a lot of well, the SNL, time... it's definitely squeakied up for like comedic. Yeah, comedy. like yeah. for for comedy a lot of the time. But I yeah. do, I I I don't know. I mean, who knows? We don't do research on this podcast, so tell us differently if it if it isn't. It's... I mean, it's sweet either way. But if it's actual voice, that makes me cry even more because it's like, yeah. like when he started singing and like when he goes over the intercom and then she like mm-hmm. recognizes it right away. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is so sweet. And like the way he like slowly walks over to her, it's so cute. It's so cute. And like, (laughs) it's just like, I don't know, man. Like it's just everything about it, like the build up to it, um, like everything you saw about the relationship and friendship prior, building up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, what I was saying earlier, like it works because you believe they love each other and they resisted it for so long. you know, chased other people, uh, just adamantly said, we're only friends, we're only friends. But by the time they get to that point where they're both in love with each other and they want to embrace each other, when they finally do, it pays off so well because it's so earnest, so sweet, so cute. And the buildup was so perfect that has every making of like, it's in my top five rom-coms of all time. I'm sorry. Like, I love this movie so much. Like, I've never, I don't even know if I've ever credit a rom-com the way I have at this one. Yeah, it's, uh, I like, um, oh, another, uh, hmm, I can't really remember, because it's, like, not, like, the end of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. growing up, I thought it was the end of the movie, but then rewatching it in the past few years, I was surprised that it was just, like, the middle of it, but another one of my favorite like big like scenes is in 10 things i hate about you when that's uh, right yeah when he like dances on the bleachers i think that that's the most perfect scene in any movie that's an amazing i you know what i just saw that for the first time really yes oh my god yeah Yeah. that's incredible i'm sure we'll do a pot of that um yeah maybe um but that's another one where I love that movie a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of was expecting to be like, okay, yeah, it was cute. But no, like, I yeah. like, straight up loved that movie. And um, even when yeah, he goes to get the girl you, at the end is like, Aren't really you, uh, like, I feel like I'm always surprised when there's, like, an iconic scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, that wasn't, like, the ending of the movie. Like, that's that just kind of, like, happens in the middle. Yeah. Like. I feel like that scene, and then um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, I guess like the parade scene, almost, and like Ferris Bueller, just like big scenes that people always talk about. 
I'm trying. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And I'm like, you think, think that it'd be like the big like ending or whatever, or like the climax of the movie. I mean, I guess it's the climax of the movie and ten things I hate about you, but like, it's. I, I mean, know. from what I remember, no, it's pretty like midway, right? Because like, there's still a lot more of the. Isn't it? There's like a lot more of the movie at that point. Ten things like, I hate about you. Because like, don't they go to a part another party and then they like, like, isn't there more to it at that point? Yeah, I mean. It happened sooner than than I had expected. Yeah, because I I like I knew that scene was happening, but I I yeah. was also caught off guard when it like happened so yeah. soon. Because I really expected that to be like the go get the girl final scene. But, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that movie actually, for a '90s movie, it actually like it's um subversion of expectations holds up in 2020 fairly well. Like it's yeah, really a good well, movie. it's based it's based on Taming of the Shrew, which is interesting. Um. And I specifically um, did a project on Taming of the Shrew in high school so that I would have an excuse to watch that movie for the first time, um, which is, like, it was it was good. I, I mean, it's interesting because, like, I don't know, things based on old literature being better than original content. <laughs> Sometimes, like I mean, I'm thinking of, like I'm just staring at my clueless DVD, the whatever edition, sitting on my Criterion shelf right now. Um, two really good go get the girl scenes that I just thought of. Mm. Um, one was one I just rewatched like a few days ago was Easy A. Yeah. Which wasn't really a go get the girl scene, but like he just like kind of pops up at the end, um, which I really liked, and um. Shit, I just thought of it, and I can't remember what it was. Um, We're completely neglecting my favorite go-get-the-girl scene in any movie. What is um, it? Fucking when Harry met Sally. I just, that was what I was thinking of, yes. <laughs> I blanked on it. runs through all of New York City without a jacket on within the 10-second countdown to New Year's Eve. And also, like, it has the best maybe rom-com line of all time. Yeah. Where he says, uh... I hate the way you, like, order sandwiches or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but also, like, when he's, like, um... He said, because when you find the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Yeah, and And I I love that, like, like, it ends, like, after, like... Like, they don't, like, kiss directly at midnight. They're still, like, arguing. (laughs) Yeah, it's so... Like, it just... After midnight. Oh, my God. That movie... That's what the next before movie should be called. But anyways. After midnight. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, another thing too, like um, Sleepless in Seattle. It's not really like a get the girl scene. Oh, okay. I'm not going to spoil it then. You should watch it. Okay. You'll cry. You'll cry. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> I want to watch it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, you should. Is, are we going to cover it one day? No, I mean, maybe. I watched it a lot when I was younger, but I feel like it's not really Zillennial. Like, I think I was just like weird and watched it because it would be on TV a lot. And I was like, cool. I'll see if Mia wants to watch it this weekend. Yeah, you should. Sure it's you like want. very, very sweet and romantic. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll do maybe it. Maybe I'll watch when Harry miss. No, it's 2 a.m. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, not to go off topic, but like when I, when I saw, I showed Mia that movie for the first time when Harry met yeah. Sally last year. Yeah. And she had the same thing we were talking about where she was like, I don't know how I feel about Billy Crystal being a leading man. Yeah. 
like when it started and i'm like just wait and she's like i don't know i feel like pretty firm on this opinion and i'm like no mia just yeah i mean all you need (laughs) is like like legitimately i started this as a bit but i'm like in the beginning of the episode and this is just like my narrative arc like i'm like i will not have a crush on adam sandler and then i was like (laughs) And you were like, you will have a crush on Adam Sandler. I'm like, no, I will not. I'm firm on this. Well, this movie, I did have a crush on Adam Sandler. And you texted me and I didn't answer. But you texted me that he reminds you of Andy Samberg in this. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he looks like a... There's some scenes in particular where I was just like, that looks like Andy Samberg. Yeah, it's like a similar vibe. Because Andy Samberg is like obviously silly and hilarious and crazy. Um, but like Palm Springs, I'm like, damn, great romantic lead, big crush on him, great. Yeah. I by the way, Palm Springs, fucking great movie. Yeah, Watch it if you haven't. Yeah, it's um, on Hulu. That doesn't have a get the girl scene, but like it has a very good romance in it and it's yeah. Really, really sweet. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the ending to this one, which is, again, why I wanted me to watch it so bad, because she's a sucker for rom-coms, too. Mm-hmm. And I knew she would love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely got to watch it with her at some point. But, like, it's just, like, everything about the ending is so sweet. And it makes, you know, even if, like, you're watching the first hour or so, and there's some cheesy stuff here and there, it all pays off at the end. Like, it, mm-hmm. it just works completely, because it's so sweet and earnest and confident in itself. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is like probably I don't know top ten millennial movies is like as far as what we've covered so far, like in terms of quality. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I feel like we kind of like I don't know. I feel like this is a millennial movie because like yeah, we were only like one year old when it came out. <laughs> I feel like this is a millennial movie because this is one where it's like almost I don't know if you had like a similar experience, but like people older than you would talk about it to you all the time yeah, and be like what? yeah or like watch it around you and you'd be like okay like cool yeah, yeah that's why i like way off topic but like when i uh on letterbox when i first got that like years ago mm-hmm. i rated like wedding crashers like four stars because like my childhood memories of that movie are like oh i saw parts of it and it was really funny yeah and spoiler alert if you watch wedding crashers in 2020 it is disgustingly problematic and i'm like not even like like you know i know like i'm not like easily offended or anything like i'm kind of lenient with some stuff i'm like okay you know you gotta take it in the context of the time it came out but dear god wedding crashers is like absurdly problematic i don't think i've ever seen that it's I, I wouldn't say it's like a bad movie it's just it does not age well like it's, like, blatantly sexist to, like, if you thought, you would, like, think Happy Madison movies are, like, PC the way this movie is. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's just, like, an example. Like, there's so much that, like, you, memories you have of a movie that you think you saw as a kid, simply because so many adults around you were consuming it while you were young and you were curious about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Wedding Singer was kind of one of those and probably why I didn't remember a lot of it when I was rewatching it this week. You know? Yeah. But Yeah, I mean Yeah, I don't know. You know? <laughs> okay. You ever cool. you ever feel like that? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> cool. Good. Um, so any final thoughts on the Wedding Singer, Kira? 
Um, I mean, I liked it a lot, and I was, I wasn't surprised that I liked it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of, because like I set this whole series up as, I think every comedian should play a romantic lead. Um, because they're always good at it because they have charisma. Um, and I think this was perfect to end on because it made me, I mean, I never was really negative towards Adam Sandler, um, throughout this whole thing. I, I just, I more so just feel that no matter what bad thing he's in, he can only, like, he, he can do better. Like, he is physically capable of doing better, and it's up to him to make that decision. It's not that he's not capable of being good and great and charming and having an amazing screen presence and being compelling. We all know that he's capable of it. He's talented. He is great. It's just, like, it's what he chooses, and that's valid. I think that's the conclusion that I have on this, is we love him. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's completely why we, like I said, did this entire series, because even though we did stuff like Click and Grown Ups, and um, I think we even talked about doing a Sandler, Summer Sandler next month, if this month was good. Uh, um, I thought we were talking about next year. No, I'm sorry, not my bad. <laughs> I meant next, uh, what month is it, July? Next yeah. July. So I didn't mean to say next month. Um, but... <laughs> Not two Summer of Sandler's. You were like, oh, shit, I was planning next month. (laughs) No, but, like, I think, um, yeah, that's why we will continually cover Sandler, because whether we like it or not, I personally like it, and Jerry's out on Kira. Like, like even his worst movies were influential to his living on canon, in the sense where it's like, he almost single-handedly shaped the 2000s comedies, and... I feel like a lot of us, whether you're tuning in or just me and Kira, like we watched a lot of comedies growing up. And even if Sandler wasn't in them, one of his buddies probably was, or they were probably inspired by a Sandler comedy. And even if they weren't inspired by a Sandler comedy, the success of his movies definitely paved way for that renaissance of like studio comedies in the 2000s, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, he's just a huge zillennial icon, I think and i'm excited to cover more of him because i think you know this movie i think is the best example of his charisma and charm but i feel like there are still more to go like in terms of like you know just good movies he's done like i not to spoil it but you know big daddy is a good one where Mm -hmm. he's genuinely charming in it uh mr deeds is pretty good like we have some good ones to do some bad ones but i'm excited to cover more sandman at some point yeah not next month (laughs) uh yeah i mean i yeah i mean i've had a good time no matter if the movie was good or bad i think that adam sandler is always a good it's like something that i never really go out of my way not in a bad or good way really i never really go out of my way to uh not to i mean to like watch and like address you know what i mean um yeah like if i'm like sitting down to watch a movie i'm usually just watching like clueless again for the 57th time um yeah i'm not like i don't know like i'm not gonna sit down and watch like a like a highbrow like movie that needs my focus um 
but I'm also not watching an Adam Sandler movie. I'm probably just watching like Francis Ha and falling asleep. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I've had fun, is what I'm trying to say, and it's something different for me. I've had fun, um, a lot of fun with this, and but I'm still also excited to go back to like normal's lineal schedule. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Is that it? I guess that's. Yeah, I mean, I think that's Adam Sandler. Well, Kira, thank you for going on this journey with me. Yeah, I mean been real <laughs> um where can everyone find you online <laughs> oh sorry um no i don't i didn't know how to segue to that <laughs> at garlic emoji on twitter and um, uh yeah i mean i don't think anything else um mike myers movie club yeah mike myers movie club uh we're starting to run out of movies but we're <laughs> trying to figure out what we're, what we're doing next nevertheless you we're figuring out our next Mike Myers move, if, if you know what I'm saying. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you can always join us. We just love Mike Myers. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I. <laughs> you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. And you can follow me on the newly rebranded Twitter. Uh, podcasts which i forgot the name of for a second the okay the aggressively okay podcast we haven't actually recorded an episode yet where we said the name so i was forgetting um just to follow up on my tangent last week uh i did not get sued uh still fuck that guy that damned me but (laughs) we rebranded anyways uh because we legally are covered with this name so we just thought we would do it and we did and we're excited to do more stuff moving forward where i'm even planning on doing a short film under aggressively okay myself so i'm pretty excited about that uh so i guess maybe follow both aggressively okay podcast and also aggressively okay productions on both Mm -hmm. twitter and instagram to see updates and even if you just watch joe's short movies they're really funny and creative and yeah uh if they don't have a phil collins soundtrack i'm not watching them you know what yeah i'm also gonna i'm not gonna record another episode until he (laughs) addresses his controversy i really hope that uh he's not gonna listen to this episode why would he listen to this episode you should make the, you should make the theme song of aggressively okay um a phil collins song i will i'll do a different one each week like, please do yeah um and yeah i think that's pretty much everywhere you can find me you can find me harassing joseph telephony yeah podcasts. on the aggressively okay podcast <laughs> yeah all right well that's the summer sandler I've had fun. I've had a great time personally. And with that, we will bid you goodbye. 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 <laughs> Where's the stop recording? Okay. <laughs> Keep up. Bum, 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 bum. Don't have nobody to call my own. Bum, 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 bum. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Bum, 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 bum. Hello, it's Jillian, the Joker. Um, so I've never actually seen The Wedding Singer, but I have a Wedding Singer story that I would like to tell the world through your podcast. So, um, my at is at emo Canadian. Please follow me. Anyways, um, so when I was in theater school, 
um, we have this class called Vocal Performance where, like, basically we would prepare a bunch of songs and then, like, um, every couple of weeks we would get, like, a new teacher to, like, kind of, like, they would just, we would sing the song and then they would be, like, ask us a bunch of questions to kind of, like, direct us in a way to, like, vocally perform better. Anyway, so this one girl in my class will not say names because I'm a nice person. Uh, she, so apparently they made a musical out of The Wedding Singer, which is insane. Um, but, uh, so she, this girl, she sang one of the songs from The Wedding Singer and it, she was, it's like a song where like the, her character was like writing down something or whatever. But this girl was a little, a little not as well-rounded as the rest of us were. And um, our teacher just, like, kind of was, like, poking, like, trying to, like, prod her and, uh, like, ask if she was asking her all of her questions or whatever. And then she said that she never saw the original film and she didn't know anything about the plot of the musical, which is basically not doing her homework. Because, <laughs> because the whole part of the class is that we were supposed to, you know, look up everything about the shit or whatever that we were working on. So, like, for example, I had to, like, when I did a monologue from Angels in America, I had to watch and read all of it to and then I tried to explain the whole plot of it to my director, and she it just went over her head. But that's okay. That's okay. But, yeah, that's my only wedding singer story. And please put this at the end of the podcast. I don't want this to be, like, the intro. Because, like, that's awkward for me, like, personally. I think, like people if people really want to hear this story they'll listen to the whole podcast 